A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to part two of this week's Clash of the Titles, the podcast that pits two movies with lots in common in a fight to the death to see which one comes out victorious. On Monday's episode, we met Jerry Sex, the fruit bat vampire, as we had a terrifying evening that was Fright Night, which means today, under the boardwalk, we'll be having some fun as we head to Santa Carla for sexy vamps, saxy sacks, and magnificent mullets in the slice of Nosferatu nostalgia that is 1987's The Lost Boys. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. So which film in this week's Creature of the Night confrontation will be victorious? We'll have a winner at the end of this show, so let's get it on. Welcome to Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello, Clash Potters. Maggots. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. Chris Tilly. Uh, welcome to part two, then, of this week's Clash as Fright Night takes on the Lost Boys. As you well know, we will have a winner at the end of this show. But as always, before we get going with part two and discussing Lost Boys, it's time for a dip into the digital mailbag and a weekly review from one of you, read by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. a Chris Thrilly. This comes from Captain Kojak. Mm-hmm. Why, you, why, you, why do you make that noise? Um, Captain Kojak, big fan. Uh, and it's called Number One Go-To Show. Mm. And Captain Kojak writes, The strange thing with this show is that the standard is always incredibly high. You never feel like they can't be bothered or are phoning it in. 
You'd be surprised, Captain mm. Kojak. Mm. Yeah. Fangs! Alex literally did it from a hotel recently, and he was also <laughs> metaphorically phoning in. Uh, they always give their all to make each show as funny and interesting as can be. Thanks to the ClashPod team, I'll keep listening as long as you keep making the show. Five stars. Oh. And also, uh, I would consider listening to... Uh, oh, God, I need to remember it. What was the episode with the... The alligator, crawl. Was it crawl? What was it called? Oh, yeah, that is crawl, is isn't it? Crawl? it? crawl and the shark one that we did. Shark, the shallows. Yes. Yeah. If you ever want to hear uh, three people half-arsing it on Hangovers, <laughs> uh, do do listen to the crawl episode. That is... Did we have the same hangover? No, was, we did have was. the same hangover. But I, saw, I, I was in charge of the shallows and I was looking at my notes. And I was like, oh, no. And I realised <laughs> I'd just not done about half of it and it was too late. And then we, we were recording. I was like, I haven't done it. You're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Get through it. it was a post live show tequila hangover. Right. Mm. Um, very little happens in both those movies. I think we were fine. We were lucky. They're not big on plot. Mm. We were lucky. But even halfway through, I think it was the fact that we verbalised our ineptitude yeah. and inability. Which is what you do when you're hungover, because you're so emotionally strung out. You're like, I just need Look, approval. We, you've got to be honest with the audience. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I am very high. <laughs> right? That's the kind of thing you're talking about? Good. Uh, all right. So on Monday, we had a roddy good time with Fright Night. But it's time to see if the Lost Boys can suck us in. V, takes on a journey. Being a single parent is hard. Your eldest is a vampire and the first shag you've had since the divorce, well, it turns out he's got you pegged as a new mom to like four teenage boys with attachment issues. That's good, isn't it? Because they bite your neck. I'm worried about him getting pegged. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, Commando. Ah! Commando. That brilliant Commando scene. Carry on. Plus your daddy's stuffing beavers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice. Which is what happens to Lucy Emerson when she moves her goonie son and her hot as fuck son to Santa Carla to live with their randy taxidermist granddad and a community of undead beach bikers. Eldest Michael soon falls in with sultry vampire David, who tricks him into becoming a vampire when he probably didn't have to. He could just rely on, not on hallucinations, it could have dangled winsome Star in front of him. Star, whose job is not to be all bad and look after child vampire laddie. Hang on, why are all the women in this film mothers? I suppose it's because the real romance is between Michael and David. Mike not only breaking David's heart by refusing to fully join him, but also getting his little brother's mates to murder Marco, which seems especially cruel. This understandably makes David quite pissed off and so he storms his lover's home, but hasn't reckoned on the aforementioned Goonies stuff or taxidermy and after a steamy and lustful fight with Michael, David finally gets it up him, by which I mean an antler up his torso. But rules time, that should magically turn everyone else back to normal. And when it doesn't, suspicion rightly falls on Creepy Max as the head vampire. But he too is vanquished before he can turn Lucy into a, oh no wait, no one's mum. They're all dead anyway, it doesn't matter. Grandad has the last laugh. And before you can say, hey you guys, the kids have against all odds won the day and saved the town. Okay, but did you, do you, did you say Corey Haim was in The Goonies? No. Oh, sorry, my bad then. I thought you did. Said he was a Goonie-like kid. Oh, fine. Yeah, God. yeah. God, okay. You know, because... Is that what he, he auditioned for the role of... He, he auditioned for Corey Feldman's role in The Goonies. Right. Is that what it. you were looking up on your phone just so you could tell Vicky she was wrong and then you were wrong? No, because I... Only because I did the same <laughs> thing watching it. I was like, Corey Haim was in The Goonies and I had to Google it. So I was just concerned that you... Made, I just didn't want you to look like... No, a, I'm thinking... Yeah, just like when they do... They do a lot of Goonies stuff 
live in this. It came from a place of love, okay? I wasn't. I wasn't. Is that how you think? Did you think Curry Hay was in the Goonies? I said, did you say? I'm sure I said, did you say? I just wanted. I didn't want us to be tarnished with your incorrectness. Oh, that comes from a place of love, does it? I would have jumped in. I know you would. Rest assured. Yeah, you would. Yeah, of course you would. And maybe, hey, maybe I do think that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not worry about oh, it. Let's move God. on. Let's move on. Oh my God. Let's move on. They're both called Corey. It's very confusing. Let's move on. So fuck. Oh, are we all right? Corey. Sorry, not Corey. Uh, anyway, so... <laughs> and it just goes on. Let's uh, let's carry on. Let's start again. So I saw this film when I was a... Te- no, I wasn't even a teenager. So I was probably about 11. And my wow. best friend at the time, her older brother, was obsessed with this film. So she then got the poster when he sort of got over it and wasn't into it anymore. And I used to stare at that poster so much, the one with the red background mm. and they're all in a line. Iconic. Yeah. And I just thought I was obsessed with Star. I just thought she was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, and all that, rem- all it reminds me of is li- us listening to um, this friend's older brother's music as well. So every time I see that poster, all I think of is fancying quite a lot of the people in that poster and Use Your Illusion 1. And it all gets all mixed <laughs> up. Um, and then we went to the cinema to see it. We what, what is it? Was it an anniversary thing? Why did we go to see that? Um, I, as a gift to you guys, that I was got, it. It was I got tickets for the three of us yeah, to did. go see. It was Alex Winter was in London. Yes. Uh, they called it Winter is Coming yes. at the Prince Charles Cinema. <laughs> and yeah, he was there. And bizarrely, he was there with Edgar Wright when we got there. Yeah, said hello, and then halfway through the film, I nipped out to watch the rest of you Death did, Wish. Yeah, I watched half an hour of Death Wish three you that left, they were screening. You left me. <laughs> I came back. I left you with lots of wine. <laughs> we had lots of wine. I came back for the end of the movie, <laughs> but um, first time seeing it on a big screen. Yeah, and and without Alex, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> Not Alex Winter. He was there. Alex Zane. One of the many times there. Alex said, "Oh God, the plans now." <laughs> yeah. Sorry, every single I, time. I'm the loser here. By the sounds of things, there was wine. There was a lot, <laughs> a lot of wine, <laughs> or it might have been blood. I don't know. Uh, but it was spectacular on the big screen. Yeah, I'll sure. talk about when I first saw it. Oh, nice. Um, I was a teenager. Probably one of the first horror films I ever saw. Yeah. I would say early to mid-teens, and I thought it was amazing, and it scared the shit out of me. And I thought the soundtrack was cool, and I just thought these people were just. I wanted to be all of them. Yeah. I mean, I was the right age. I was. I would say I was probably about the the same age as the Corries. Yeah. Um. So I could sort of empathise with them a bit, uh, even though I didn't understand what Corey Haim was wearing. And God, it's incredible. But then you can look up to the older boys as just how cool are they? And yeah. like, oh, rock and roll. And so, yeah, it's sort of a film I've come back to over the years. There's times I thought it was terrible. I think <laughs> when I watched it with you, I was thinking, well, does, does this make sense? But also, that time, I hadn't quite appreciated how amazing the visuals are. But seeing it on a cinema screen, it's like, wow, this is one of the most visually inventive films I think I've ever seen Mm. so yeah it's just it's been with me all the way and you? well I was in Santa Cruz um, standing by the pier that obviously doubles as Santa Carla pier in the movie talking about the Lost Boys to camera for uh, I think I've mentioned this job before the best job I ever had where I travelled around California (laughs) travelled around California and did intros for movies did you do Sideways? Did sideways. So good. That, sideways. You were so lucky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is bananas. We're literally in a vineyard, drinking wine, talking yeah. about sideways. Which so I, good. This is why. This is this is the naughty bit. Uh, I had seen sideways. Hadn't seen uh, the Lost Boys. So it I'm there matter. going, this was the pier that you'll recognise. As I have just <laughs> now. I still believe. <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> from the Lost Boys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, iconic movie. Came back, thought, I probably should watch it. <laughs> How did you manage to not watch it? I know. Well, that's... 
growing yeah. up being about the same age. I know it's it's, it's a weird one, and it, unfortunately, my my enjoyment of this movie is that age old thing of if a, you, if you don't get the movie at the right time at one of these eighties movies, if it doesn't come to you at the right time, you don't see it. And I only watched this for the first time about ten years ago. Uh, my friend from XFM and uh, now Radio X, Sons of Templeton, was like, "You have to watch this movie," and I was like, Quite "Cool!" Right. And I watched it, and I was like, "Meh." Yeah. Didn't get it because obviously I missed I missed the point at which this would have been the coolest fucking movie in the world here. Yeah. You missed the wave. Yeah. So uh yeah, I saw it as an adult and was thought it was just alright. Yeah, alright, fair enough. Okay. I'll tell you a bit about it, shall Great. I? So it was originally conceived as the Goonies, sorry, to be like the Goonies in tone, and it was written for a family audience by James Jeremias and Janice Fisher. So later Jeffrey Bohm, who's our friend from oh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, yeah. We lost him too soon. He what will come on board and he will make it all very grown up. Um that's later, though. I still think, being this person, I still think it feels a bit spliced together. I think there's elements that are super grown up and there's the Goonies and they don't often speak to each other in the sort of, in a seamless way. We're talking about the Frog Brothers versus the actual vamps and what's I'm going saying, on. I'm saying, like, there? the sexy vampires, but the kids save the day and, like, no one believes the kids and that's your classic 80s stuff. Mm. But it is, there is quite a lot it's of... My, it was my way in. Yeah. In the way that we talked about the other day, I didn't like Dick Tracy having a kid as the kids ways in. This, this was very helpful to me. Maybe if I was 18, I might have been annoyed yes. by the Frog Brothers and Corey Haim, but 15-year-old me was like, yeah, man. Well, that's the thing, because we watched it when we were 11-ish yeah. or whatever, you, and we were like, brilliant, because it made you feel cool, mm. but then you're watching it as more of a grown-up. It's weird, though, watching it as a grown-up, especially this time more than the first time I watched it, because I was like, no, look, look, give it another chance. Last time was walking with all this hype and, you know, this is the lost, and then going, bleh. But this time, sort of knowing it wasn't going to... Uh, Corey Haim... As that, as a kid, and to be that kind of kid and not be annoying and be really, really good. Yeah. I watched this going, what a phenomenal actor mm. he was as a child actor. He was. Really he brings good. great energy, doesn't he, to it, and great enthusiasm and excitement. And, and this sort of sparky kid role can be so jarring, yeah. and he's brilliant. And it's, I actually feel like it's, it's a shame that Corey Feldman in this, who I thought was fantastic in Stand by Me, like plays a much more like a weird character like this sort of like adult monotone very super serious i don't enjoy him in this as much as like like the goonies for example no i don't i find it i just find that a bit annoying quite a weird performance and quite a weird decision when he he's so he can be quite at that period he was like charming and sparky yeah and love energy to be fair not his decision no 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 but um yeah so that original script they were eight-year-old star was a boy the frog brothers were cub scouts Mm. it was very different G-rated, wholesome. Joel Schumacher said, I don't do those movies. <laughs> Some of the quotes are brilliant. So it was, it was Peter Pan, hence the title. Um, but it's, it's written as this family film. And then it's sold. And here we go. Are you ready? Mm. So it was sold in 1985 for $400,000. Do you want to know what that's worth? Let me do the introduction. It's time for another Inflation Corner. Fantastic. So $400,000 back in 1985. That would get you $1.1 million today. Solid. Yeah. Solid. So a, a huge sale. Um, did they go on to... I, I didn't... Obviously, I didn't... Because of my movie. Um, did, what did the writers... Did they go on to much after this? No. J- um, James Jeremiah's... I didn't read about Janice Fisher. James Jeremiah's was a grip and he did this. He did it. He sold... I think he sold a few more scripts. Nothing else got made. Went back to being a grip. Okay. Took his half a mil and just thought that was fun. It's all right, isn't it? It's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. it's not going to set you up for life. Janice, but Janice, it will, you'll do all right. Janice Fisher wrote on the Golden Girls. Oh, really? Pretty good. 
pretty yeah. solid. Oh, that's great. Well, that's a nice that's a nice ending. So it's set up for Richard Donner to direct, obviously, <laughs> but then he ditches it for Lethal Weapon. Good choice. Interesting. Yeah, done really the good Goonies. Don't need to make the Goonies mm. again. Don't make it again. Right. Uh, so then Mary Lambert, who's our friend from Pet Cemetery, <laughs> she gets the gig. That doesn't work out. So then it ends up with Joel Schumacher, who's just done Sit Elmo's Fire. He is a quote. God, who gave it? Oh, no, this is a quote from James Jeremiah. He ages everyone up. Quote from the writer. Old enough to drive, but what he meant was old enough to fuck. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said, he said Bram, Bram Stoker's Dracula's about oral sex. I didn't want to do it. I went running. I started having ideas. Sexy teenagers. More sexual. Hipper. More sex. I changed my mind. Wear baggier shorts when you're running, Joel. <laughs> baggier shorts, mate. What, how did he find the time? To, <laughs> to, what? to, be to run sexy. and imagine sex scenes with teenagers? <laughs> to make any movies. Because famously, before yeah. he died, uh, Joel Schumacher um, did an interview with Vanity Fair, someone, someone big, I should know that, um, where he said, it was in 2019, he said he'd slept with between 10,000 and 20,000 men. Yeah. Which is a lot, but also... A very large differential. <laughs> 10,000 men versus 20,000 men. Like, come on, Joel. That's not what you do. It's like that or double. It could be that or double it. I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Once yeah. you get into the tens of thousands, yeah. Though, yeah. doubling it is a big oh, thing. It was maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And how did, uh, this was obviously 20. You can even get away with yeah. that. 50, 100, starting to get weird. 10 or 20,000. <laughs> that's that's 10,000 again. We're yeah. talking 70s and 80s as well. What's that in modern numbers? <laughs> it's about 1.1 million. So he's, uh, he's put in a really, really 1.1 million, 2.2 million. <laughs> yeah, give or take. But Richard Donner's very generous on the behind the scenes stuff saying that he could never have made this movie in this way. The style and the fashion and the ideas that, that Joel Schumacher came up with was just is what makes it what it is. Yeah. Um, so um, this is quite a famous story, but just before they started shooting, so sorry, Jeffrey Baum ages everyone up and it becomes more sexy. Um, the, you know, it's whether the studio got cold feet or it's just one of those budgeting things, but they were like, just before they were starting to shoot, they're like, we were taking away quite a bit of money. So they had to like make ends meet sort of thing. So... Those POV shots, I'm sure everyone knows this, but it is fun, is B-roll footage, unused B-roll footage from Top Gun, <laughs> which is awesome. Which shots? What What shots? What are you talking oh, the, about? Oh, um, when they're going through, you know, the, through the clouds. Oh, okay, okay. Is it at the midpoint-ish? Right. It's not when they're, like, hovering over the Around the, the, sex, around the side of the sex scene. Not, not it, the yeah. POV shots where they're coming out of the cave. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about. No. Maverick, Maverick, why are we in a cave? Who's <laughs> the original Goose Death scene? No. Maverick crashed them Goose into a cave. Fires. It's meant We've to got be. the plane in reverse. We're flying away from this cliff, but we're looking back at the cliff. It's meant to be, I think, I didn't read this. It's like David sort of telepathically realising that Star is about to shag someone else. So we go through the clouds in Top Gun right. style. Sorry, fine. What? That's what it, that's what, if you were looking for a narrative of why that's there, uh-huh. it's meant to be, he's like, what are you doing? <laughs> and then she's like, I'm having sex with Jason Patrick, the last, obviously. The last thing I think about, I, if, when, you're, when your partner might be having sex with someone else, I don't go to clouds. I go, yeah, but he's flying back to her. He's a bat, isn't he? So he's fly, He's like, uh-oh, I'll fly home. Uh, yeah, That's yeah. what it you're is. Not, you're not a bat. You're right. not a bat, so idiot. It's, it's like if someone calls you and goes, a strange man's just gone into your house. You're like, Burr. Fly home. <laughs> but, right, yeah. Thinking okay. about it. <laughs> <laughs> just think clouds. Think, think about beautiful clouds. Everything's going to be fine. Clouds, 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 clouds. Uh, so it was a very lively set, a very lively shoot. 
Kiefer Sutherland, I didn't know this. It makes me feel a bit upset, actually. His look, everyone's look is amazing, but his gloves I've always really liked. But it's probably just he broke his wrist, so we had to wear, like, supports doing, and whatever. Doing a wheelie. Popping on, a wheelie. On a motorcycle. What an idiot. And you're like, that sounds like Kiefer. No. Yeah. Uh, Joel Schumacher was yelling at everyone. He apparently, so he. Sorry. What, I, just met, I just made it sound like that sounds like the Kiefer I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, was, I just wanted to make myself self-aware enough to understand that I gone no, Kiefer. That's why we're friends. <laughs> right, good. <laughs> so, uh, Brooke McCarty plays Paul. This, you know, the bathroom scene with the garlic. That apparently was a pain in the ass to do because uh, Brooke McCarty was very in character as someone who may enjoy the surfer lifestyle. That's how the quote goes. Mm. So anyway, Joel Schumacher's running out of time, so he slapped him, which is mad. And Joel Schumacher apologised for it tons after. But it's such a funny feeling. Like HR train, as we were talking about, on Monday, yep. you can't slap people for not doing the thing you want them to do quick it, enough. It, it's, it's really, that. that's one of the lessons on the HR train, because <laughs> I've not been on this wonderful train ride, but I know that. Yeah, the you bar, should know that. I'll fucking slap you afterwards, mate. <laughs> the bar is very low. Hey, hey. So I wonder if this, you know, we were talking about surf Nazis before. So, you know, this film is probably, by all accounts, you know, the set is crazy. It's a, you know, it's, it's sexy teenagers, probably not the easiest sell at the first test screening, some quote-mark surf punks, right? Love it. And they start trashing the place. And Joel Schumacher said, they were screaming and yelling, you never saw so many happy executives in your whole life. <laughs> because the surf dudes got it, not dudes, surf punks, they got it. They understood what the film was trying to do aesthetically. And it hit, it landed with them. They loved this film. So the execs are like, we don't know who this is for. Is it for kids? Is it for grown-ups? What are we going to do? They just market it as this sort of sexy, spooky, weirdy thing. And then it becomes, uh, in common parlance, a cult classic. So... Sorry, I'm confused as to why did they become surf Nazis? I'm just wondering, the idea... So when I think... So this is my ignorance around that culture, but is it... So surf a dude, you think of like super chill laid back, right? So mm. surf punks is apparently a thing. Mm. So does that mean there's some sort of through line to like even more hard edge and then the, the harder edge you go, you get to Nazis? I just wonder... The only time I've ever come across the term surf Nazis is Point Break, where oh, Anthony yeah. Kiedis and his crew, they're surf Nazis. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know... I, because There's literally a film called Surf Nazis. Nazis must die. Okay, yes. so but were they? W w was it known to be sort of an extremist group of surfers in the eighties who were hard right Nazis, and that was part of the surfing community that they didn't? No one spoke about. It's like you're either one of the cool, like hey man, catch a wave. I guess it can go hand in hand with bikers sometimes, can't it? When you're thinking about Sons of Anarchy and the gangs. Mm. Okay, fine, sure. So we don't know if surf Nazis are actual Nazis or just very extreme surfers who are kind of not very nice. Are, are, you, are they using the term Nazi exactly, yeah. because they're not sharing a wave and it's like, get off my wave! Certainly yeah. that's how Joel Schumacher refers to it on the commentary. Right. Is he says, yeah, there are these, these surfers who will not let you go near their water. Okay. Yeah. So I've totally misread. No, no, you've 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 looked at the words at face value, yeah. and it's it's a semantic slip, isn't it? It's like, are you surfers who are Nazis about surfing? Yeah. in the looser sense of the word, sure. Or are you actual Nazis who also enjoy to surf? <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, and and listen to Aerosmith. Um, no, but my beach, my waves. <laughs> Is that something? Do we? Do you, know, do you have something on Aerosmith? It felt, it felt, no, that's the, the scene in the film. It's in the beach. They right. listen to Aerosmith when they get Got killed. You, sure. It was a joke. Um, <laughs> didn't work. Done. Do you know what? I think we should talk yeah, about the Yeah, please. Film. This is all going terribly wrong. <laughs> all right, I'm going to talk about the film now. Is that right? Sure. Yeah, okay. So, um, 
First of all, hello, Kiefer Sutherland. I don't think you should be on that kid's carousel with the, that smirk and that hair and, quite frankly, those come-back-to-bed eyes. Should they also not be on a carousel? Because this is the introduction of our big bads. And, uh, <laughs> what, what, what badass, menacing thing are these vamps going to be doing? Terrorising people on a children's ride. Weird. It is quite scary. It just puts me in mind a face-off, though, which I love as well. So all good vibes from me. Um, so this is David. He is trouble as well as his buddy Marco, but we will come back to them. Uh, so we talked about the aerial shots. You know, they're told to stay off the boardwalk by the security guard. And because we can't afford to do it any other way, we're going to fly over the Big Dipper like a bat because they're vampires. We're just going to fly. But I think it looks great. Like I love that. But they're not bats. I've never worked out because you. I, I, they're not in bat form. No. They're flying humans. Flying humans. Mm. But, they get bat feet, though. But they do get bat feet, yeah. Right. And they That's- dangle upside Upset, down upsetting well there's scene. no reason to think if they if their feet can turn into bat feet why aren't the rest of them transforming mm, but aren't they when they attack the oh my god we're back here the surf nazis corn um, surf punks it's fine well no because they're called surf nazis anyway when they attack them you see that they're in human form aren't they sort of leaping from above and they picking are, them yeah. up and, and yoinking them into the change, sky. but they're not bats no they're not bats feet, their feet are bats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel this is going to be one of those episodes where we pick apart the minutiae of what each of them well, who saying. does who does <laughs> yeah <laughs> no alright I'm sorry Alright. So anyway, Diane Weeks, as Lucy, she is moving uh, her son and her boyfriend, sorry, her two sons. I know that she is older, but the, the first time I saw it, I just thought, Jason Patrick, I know he's like 19 in this or something, he, he does not look like a nine. he just doesn't. And it is, it's wrong to perv on a 19-year-old, but you would be forgiven for thinking that Lucy's going to be like, and this is your new stepdad. <laughs> like, do you not think? Like, uh, anyway, that's probably on me. So they're moving to Santa Carla, it's the murder capital of the world mm. it smells like someone dies there's a as, lot of goths and... as alex said shot in santa cruz but santa cruz wouldn't allow them to shoot there unless they changed the name which is fair enough yeah they said we don't want to be known for teenage violence yeah um we want to attract families <laughs> and santa cruz is very very nice yeah. uh, in real life i had my first ever sierra sierra nevada uh, the, the, the pale the ale. Pale, I love that drink. First ever one in, in, in Santa Cruz. I was like, oh, hello. Yummy. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> but all the, all the people they shoot there, that's all real. Yeah. Those are real people hanging out in Santa Cruz. The people do look strange. It's a, it's a hippie community. Yeah, and you can tell it's real and that just adds to it. And you know that you're in a vampire film but Joel Schumacher has done and obviously an excellent job of like something's not quite right but we're in broad daylight mm. so that's you know it's it's a very neat I like the touch. bit where uh, Michael goes to a guy on the streets like any work here he goes nothing legal Good. <laughs> yeah that's nice really really succinct introduction to how dodgy it is and so we're going to get a, more of a taste of like Santa Carla life because we're going to spend a moment with Timmy Capello who is <laughs> your <laughs> God, how good is that? Oh my God. So good. Is it the most 80s gig in any movie ever? Who knew you could blow a sax that hard? Like, it's... Tina Turner, because she's the one who hired him. <laughs> yeah, he was working for her at the time. <laughs> yeah, He's just so greased. How does so the grease... Oily. I suppose it's hot, isn't it? Very hot there. Like, why it's does also, it never dry it's up? It's also, uh, there's a lot of sweat there because he's doing push-ups between takes. Yeah, to, to seem pumped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do... 
Do people mosh to saxophone? I'm curious, a, don't know. A lot of headbanging going on to sexy sax. Such a good question. I never have. But... It made me go, this is a movie, this isn't real life. Watching sort of like hard rock fans going, yeah! <laughs> sax! But he's real. Yeah. Like he's a real artist who does rock sax. So is it rock sax? Can you have rock sax? He has it. He's just do- if you watch the film again, <laughs> that's rock sax. Also, like I mean, just as a kid in England in the eighties or nineties, watching this, yeah. like it just gets more and more alien as you're watching it. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the Lost Boys shirt, they're like a hair metal band, and then the Boardwalk, everyone's so cool, but everyone looks so weird. Yeah. And then you've got Grease Man. It's like, what is this? And I want to go there. Yeah, and Granddad's house is just, you know, that that's all brilliantly done with all these sort s- of, you know, trinkets and things. And you see Star? I want to be near Star. Yeah, yeah, so Michael is smitten from the off. I was obsessed with her on the post. I just thought she was the most beautiful person. Uh, Getz, what's her? Gertz. Jamie. Jamie Gertz. Gertz. Yeah. yeah. Jason Patrick got her the role because uh, Joel Schumacher wasn't convinced in this. No, he wanted a, a little blonde waif is how he described it. And I can get, I can see where he's coming from. Sure. Yeah, but Jason Patrick, he said it's because Jason Patrick, he's pretty sure fancied her a lot. Right. <laughs> uh, but as soon as he saw her, she was right. And he gives us such a wonderful introduction in this scene as well mm. I mean you can't take your eyes off of Capella but <laughs> I when you do I, I had to rewind it and go oh they're introducing her in the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like oil and sax yeah, sax and oil I like though Lucy's moment here where when she meets Max yes she brings him a literal lost boy Oh, There's a yeah, little kid who does. can't find his parents. Oh, I never thought oh, of that. It's good writing. Oh, That's lovely. Max, the, 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 the character who saw Max Headroom and saw Challenge. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to out 80s Max Headroom. All the, just to do the costume for a minute, the outerwear in this film is unreal. Mm. Like, Corbyn's got a duster coat there, which is incredible. His dressing gown is unbelievable. Max's coat in that scene, mm. it's just, you don't, you, they don't make them like that anymore. No. They should, though. Yeah. In, and in those pastel colours as well, please. Yeah. And his house later is just so neon, it's so strange. Um, we'll have a short break on that note. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. We're back. So the Corys are going to meet, the two Corys. Um, Sam's looking for Batman number 14, which I assume is a thing. And then Corey Feldman is like, oh, the diet yogurt bar went out of business. So 11-year-old me is like, what is a diet yogurt bar? And what is Batman number 14? And it was just like you said, otherworldly. These kids are meant to be like my way into the film, but I thought they were cool because they're cussing each other about stuff I don't even know is a thing, a diet yogurt bar in particular. But he says you shouldn't put whatever it is, the, the, the 298 Batmans with the 343 Batman or something. Yeah, they're in numerical, like... There is an order to these things. You don't need to explain this. They're literally numbered. I never <laughs> That's how that. comics work. But I was taking it easy, like, because so-and-so's not even been introduced by that point, but I suppose if you follow the number system, you're all good. Fine. Uh, I do. I, I do. I want to go to that comic store, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it gets like beach gothic like pretty soon so Michael and David have a fight and then it's just a lot of like I don't even know what is it man standing grandstanding what is it like so David saying to Michael how far are you willing to go I'd be like I, th- I thought we were having a fight <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about something else mm. then they're in that cave is it cave it's a, it's a hotel that fell in the fault line what is yeah, it the 1906 San Francisco earthquake yeah. uh, it was a former luxury resort That's that it. became underground as yeah. a result of the famous real life yeah. San Francisco earthquake. I guess dirt biking on beaches was cool. We'd just seen it in, in The Karate Kid, yeah. which we've done, doing more of that. It's just putting boys in cool Stop. places, yeah. saying then, cool things to each other. Their <laughs> motorbikes are particularly cool, though. The fact that they don't have spokes on the back wheel, the fact that the back wheel is filled in. I'd not seen that before, and I don't think I've seen it much since, but yeah. it reminded me of like something like the Akira motorbikes. It's like, cool! Yeah, mm. that is. So, yeah, it's full of all this abandoned memorabilia. So it does make it look gothic, which is obviously the point, because it's got, you know, how do you do, if you're like, we, we want to lean into vampire stuff, but we're on a beach. It's like, well, we've handily, we can have candle arbor and we can have everything like that because we'll just bosh it in this old uh, resort and then like you said before maggot takeaways noodle takeaways mm, jeffrey bohm came up with all that and it is iconic like yeah. and it's so weird show, it doesn't make that yeah. much sense and yet you just it's so memorable mm. like i think it's one of the first things that comes to mind when you hear the lost boys is those aren't noodles <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the fact what we do in the shadows does it eat so much, so so well is that it's not spaghetti you're eating it's worms brilliant however how fucking weird is that as an order what we're going to get Chinese what do you fancy plain rice, plain rice. and plain noodles yeah. that's I like the plain rice and plain noodles really well obviously I have them with other stuff yeah. but Everyone I don't like does. stuff in my noodles I don't like other stuff in my noodles or rice do you are you not like really. that with all do you always like your food to be separate like oh yeah probably yeah. quite a lot okay. yeah. no that's right I'm just curious that's yeah. it. has a weird thing about the comics are numbered <laughs> that's why I like my food to be separate there you go. Just plain rice. I can get you one of those plates. They are ostensibly for children, but you can get them where they keep it all in little separate compartments so your beans don't touch you. No, things. I don't mind that. But at least, at least you're having the plain rice with some. Exactly. I'll have some yeah. sauce this and is, some This is a carton of plain rice. And like David, yeah, the, David seems over the moon that he's got it. He's like, great rice. Like, <laughs> yeah. what, what? The restaurant says, like, are you not going to buy anything else? Like, you just want carbs. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> I've always thought that would be a rubbish scene in The Lost Boys where 
Alex Winter has to go to a Chinese to restaurant and do the order. <laughs> you forgot. You forgot my beef and black bean. What's going on? Because practically they've had to get this from a Chinese, or they've had to get a delivery. And who's got the money and get the money off Uncle David? But this is this is this is Uncle great. David because they are so badass and awful to everyone they meet. And you can't be like that in a takeaway and still expect to get served. So he is actually going, yeah. uh, uh, number seven, uh, please. Uh, um, uh, number 11, please. Thank you. Thank you. No, that's great. Uh, do I want soy sauce? Yeah, yeah, some soy sauce would be lovely. Yeah, you totally do. kills the vibe. <laughs> but the thing is, it's fine. Don't it's- say the billion Chinese people lying in there either. No. Not in the, not in the shop. No. <laughs> no. No. So I think it, it's fine for the story, but it's also kind of not fine because because Michael has seen the maggot rice and worm noodles, when he's given a bottle, he's, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, this is probably blood or whatever, but whatever. I think he's tricked. I think he should be, like... The, they're not very clear with him that no, this will turn you into a vampire, actually. So they've played a trick on him, whereas you could just do it like he fully chooses to go vampire. Like, why, like the lore of it, are you allowed to trick someone into being a vampire? I think we've established as of Monday. Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Just on it. Like, that is literally what everyone making a vampire movie says at some point. Fuck it. Yeah, you you definitely are. Because normally you don't give them a choice. That's so true. Yes. I'm going to bite you. You'll become the undead. Oh, sorry. The undead. I didn't know. I thought it was just a sexy thing. Um, I'm going to be a vampire. (laughs) But also, does does David want Michael to be a vampire or does David want Michael to be Star's first victim? Which is, but okay, so let's talk about this. That gets a bit muddy. Um, But but it gets really, really muddy because at the end, Max, sorry, is, I'm going a bit further ahead. Max is like, yeah, I was going to turn Michael and Sam into vampires, so then you'd have to be their mum and look after my boys as well. But yeah. earlier, we've got that whole line where it's like, Star says to Michael, I, I was meant to be your, you were meant to be my first yeah. victim. That's, yeah. like, that's a massive plot hole. Yeah. Which one is it, though? Oh, yeah, that is a good point. But also, with all this wine trickery, you know, super quick, um, Michael's well into it. He's having a great time. He's, like, he's got the wine and everyone else is like, blood, pass it on then. No! He's like, first time, yeah. loves it, won't let go of it. Um, <laughs> Relate. <laughs> is this the only bottle I'll, have, I'll give you in a minute if this is the only one we have you know when you go to a like a grown up party these days but you take a nice bottle but the tension of being like but I want some of that so it's like this is probably not nicer I've, than anything you've I've got never, I've never bought a nice bottle do so. you not oh, I'd like to eh, you, depends who depends yeah. who I once went to a party uh, Blue Nun I took some wine it was all right, wine. Leaving the party, I realised I didn't have any wine at home. Took it back. With Did anyone see you? Yeah. Did oh, oh. no, they saw me because I asked the person who I brought the wine for. I was like, "Do you mind if I just take that back?" And they said yes. Yeah, they were like, Fine. and then they never yeah. rang you again. I've never spoken to them again. <laughs> no, I suppose what I do is worse. I go, "Oh my god, I was thinking about it, but it's really nice bottle. So have you got a glass?" <laughs> Which is really not any better. That's your subterfuge. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. how you're getting do away you with like it. This wine okay, bottle. This, you, you really should try it immediately. Yeah, yeah. and let I me, will too. I'll, let me pour you a glass. Yeah, and I'll just stand next to it. Just, two, two, two glasses, two <laughs> just glasses. to be on the safe side. Uh, so very soon. Uh, Why are you still holding the wine you brought me? I just, I, my hand was hot. This bottle's cold. <laughs> 
So he, f- he finds out, does Michael, what it means. I'd forgotten this bit, weirdly, about them when they're dangling from the train tracks and it's like, what's going to happen? Because obviously we're trying to establish whether or not they can fly. And, you know, it's that whole thing of crossing the threshold, you know, becoming mm. a man and all the rest of it. Like, do it. And all your friends are going, you should do it. Michael, and, let go. It's, yeah. it's literally asking him to cross the threshold. Yeah. It's the reason Joel Schumacher said he did the movie was that scene. He felt like he'd never seen that in a film before and that's yeah. what hooked him in. And it's addressing very clearly the becoming a grown-up and, and messing around with drugs and messing around with sex because the holding the wine and whatever, that is a drug-like experience where it's like you're one of us, you're having this communal experience and there's tons of sex in it and it's all... In and then the, the, the visuals turn very hallucinogenic as well, don't they, here? Once he's done the wine, he's sort of... Um, you're seeing... It just turns really weird and woozy and it's that language of MTV that we didn't have before uh, about 1984. And Joel Schumacher's making the film in a very different way. I feel like I completely lost Vicky. <laughs> sorry. It's Did fine. I give you a weird look? <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just carry on. You said woozy. I was like, yeah, God, that's so true. But okay. And you suddenly became. <laughs> no, it's because... You said MTV, but then in the film they say, don't they talk about they're moving? What film have we? Is it even this film where they're like, there's no MTV here? He moans about it. Yeah, he they does, acknowledge yeah, MTV. Yeah. But Joel Schumacher says on the on the on the commentary, this film would not be this film were it not for MTV. Right, like okay. the audiences, it taught audiences to watch visuals in a different way. Okay, and so I could be much more inventive and creative making this film. And it is it's it's, a, it's an MTV movie. It's a yeah. series of music videos, really. Yeah, including the way they use the soundtrack. I really I, the weird visual gags as well like the hippie parents uh, yeah, the Frog Brothers hippie parents yeah. that just literally sit there in the back of shot it's so, it feels like a kind of MTV kind of gag yeah. and, and also there is that undercurrent of drugs I mean he, he's about to be asked if he's freebasing by oh yeah um, and, 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 and it's that it's that analogy of, of, of vampires being drug addicts isn't mm-hmm. it I mean that's all that's all here yeah because the, his traits for the next sort of 10 minutes of the film are that those of a drug addict yep yeah um so he's like, oh, is it a dream? But when he wakes up, so when he wakes up, he's transforming, but in a very fun Lost Boys way when Michael wakes up because he's now he's got an earring and he looks a bit hotter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's wearing sunglasses. Yeah, he doesn't like light. He's yeah. not eating. It's it's drug stuff as yeah. well. And his brother, you know, when they when his new buddies are like doing that sinister drive-by, it's so good. Like, I love Jason Patrick in this and I'm not laughing at him, but it is quite funny when his brother's like, what's going on? And he's just, it, the line is, go take your bath. But he's like... Go take your bath. I can't even do it. It's so ridiculous. He's telling his brother to get in the bath. And the bath is important later, so it's all there. But it's like, is that sexy? I don't know. Um, I, yeah, it is. Fine. The bath is important later. What isn't important is earlier on where there's a whole scene about the closet monster. And you're like, okay, when Sam, oh, yeah. when the mum is going, oh, I divorced your father because he would never believe in the closet monster. And yeah. he's like, leave the closet door, uh, you know, make, make sure it's shut or whatever. And you're like... Definitely later, a vampire will be in that closet because otherwise, this is a waste of five minutes. Never comes. I mean, up. But yeah. also, I feel like it ties in, and I might be, I might be reaching here into that the gay subtext of being in the closet, and then the front of that closet, it is a picture of Rob Lowe in a vest. He looks so hot, it burned my eyes. I know he's good looking, and he's still good looking, but I forgot what he used to look like. It's hard to look at. Yeah, picture. but it's a boy's bedroom, and it's like, I mean, I had my Arnold Schwarzenegger poster, but like, I don't know. I feel like we're we're, we're pushing this. this this, as I say, the gay subtext is just gay text in The Lost Boys. What movie was it from? What, what Arnie movie did you have? Because I've talked about it. I've talked about it on here. It, it's, it's, uh, same story, Claxon. Hey! 
Did you just hear that? It's Tell the commando me. poster Man. of him all oiled up in his fatigues with a, with a with a big rifle behind his head. Oh yeah, and it was like over my bed because yeah. <laughs> it made you feel nice. It's, it's innocent. It's fine. What was, like, what was your bedroom poster? I can't tell you your laugh at me. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> was it uh, uh, Alex Zane from XFM? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Uh, what, when I was really little? Well, so I used to really... Fucking, I find it hard to say this. It's fine, it's not a bad story. Just say it. Right, all right, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it in, a, in order. Around this time, I really fancied the boy from Erie, Indiana. I really oh, fancied yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I really did. Yeah. And then I moved into... I, re- I really... Oh, fuck it. A really dedicated Star Trek phase. So I had pulses of my favourite st- <laughs> oh, I'm on tenterhooks I know my favourite people and ships <laughs> <laughs> wait more, as in more than just more the than Enterprise yeah the Enterprise is the main yeah, one like the, were there the, other ships yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. what, what are the ships some of the enemy ships I can't yeah, do yeah. this I can't. the enemy right. ships it made you feel made you feel safe I don't you feel like we've been on quite the journey? Uh, uh, always, uh, always, but more so today than ever. Well, this I think this will make it into the final show. I've, I have no idea, and I wouldn't like to comment on that right now uh, legally. Yeah. Does every, is everyone all right? I feel like we've covered a lot. Yeah. I feel quite sick, but yeah. um, it's because right, right. I just don't want you to use it for ammunition. That's all. It doesn't feel like that safe a space. But um, I promise. <laughs> Go on. I can't. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. That would be a lie. I'd rather. I'd rather just not lie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So back to the uh, lost boys. I'll try and skip on a little bit because we spent quite a lot of time in my childhood bedroom. Um, right. So, how do we feel about the bath <laughs> that um, Cory takes? Uh, oh, before his brother tries to mm. eat him. Oh, what do you think? It's a bit dodged to have a no just, baths. I wasn't taking baths. Oh, when I was fifteen. Oh, good oh, point. Did you have showers? Yeah, we didn't have a shower, so I was only taking baths. Oh, mm. uh, okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, so money bags, Tilly. <laughs> <laughs> you had a shower. <laughs> we used to dream of showers in those. <laughs> we used to stand under the standpipe in the end at street. Oh, my dad was pissing. <laughs> standpipe. Oh, source of water. Uh, we, we used to find someone with a lot of saliva to spit on us, and we'd clean ourselves with a spit. <laughs> So, because this was executive produced by Richard Donner and there was this kind of, not because this is me being snarky, but at this point, the kids gang up to battle Mike, who's like, he's a creature of the night. Um, but it, there's lots of comedy in it as well, like the Goonies. So he's flying past Sam's window, which is funny, and Sam's got his garlic necklace. It's all good fun. Um and to be fair to Corey Feldman, as I said earlier, it was Joel Schumacher. He, he, he was giving his performance and Joel Schumacher said, no, you've got to put it up and made him go away and watch Sylvester Stallone and Chuck Norris movies yeah. and come back and do an impression of that. So it's really not on him that he's he's delivering that performance. Yeah. Although Jamie Newlander did say, I didn't know we were making a comedy. <laughs> they were just told, no, you basically, you guys are Marines, you're commandos, you're the G.I. Joes of this movie, mm. play it that way. Uh, Mike goes to see Star, ostensibly to see what's wrong with him. And then I was going to say it for a quick shag, but it is quite drawn out and mm. good for them. And she, she seems very aroused by his distress. Uh, that whole good scene, for her. Oh, we've all been there. <laughs> Come on. He, he, he comes in and goes, you oh my God. And she's <laughs> like, fucking hell, are you? Yeah. The thing Oi. is, he looks like that. <laughs> and as long as he's not crying for like some boring babyish reason, then it's fine. If you're mm-hmm. crying because you're immortal, it's she's like, okay. had plenty of opportunities to sleep with him and 
And it's only when he's broken Vulnerable. that she goes, yeah. hello. You don't find tears sexy? Uh, yes, my, my own. My own. My own. It's safe tears. They're my tears. I'm turned on when I'm crying. <laughs> That's conflicting, isn't it? I, for, the, for the other person, but I go, I'm in a safe We're space. Good to go. <laughs> I'm in a safe space. You're, you're welcome to engage with me while I, while I cry. Mm. That's upsetting. Anyway. By the way, when he says his brother is a goddamn shit-sucking vampire, that's not how it works. No, I know. <laughs> I don't like that. It's weird line. It's an iconic line now, apparently. It's a weird line because they definitely... There's no moment in this film where you see them sucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, although if, if Chris Sarandon had had his way on Monday, <laughs> I, apparently I'm a shit bat. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, whereas vampire bats or fruit bats, obviously they're shit bat. So, uh, Lucy, uh, she's invited Max to dinner. Um the Sam and the Frog Brothers again, very a, quite a cute scene, quite a PG scene where they try to sabotage the dinner. But it's great because Sam has literally figured out the plot. Sam has figured out that Max is the head vampire, yeah. and then they spend five minutes proving that he's not. Yeah, which is good because it does throw you off the scent. And, and, and I don't yeah. remember what I thought at the time. I, I don't think I picked up on it. But certainly from Joel Schumacher's point of view, he said audiences at this point start thinking it's Grandpa. Yeah. You get a lot of people thinking it's grandpa. So oh, they, they, nice. they, got, they put enough in there. But yeah, they spend so much of this movie throwing you off the scent with Max. It's really, I think it's really well done. I he might too. have sucked all the blood out of those animals, which is why he's making the taxidermy. Yeah, good, good. good. Uh, back to your favourite, some surf Nazis. Um, so <laughs> now, what is... <laughs> what is... So I... Uh, um, did I see David bite one yes. of them in the head? Yes, this film is terrifying. Yeah. There's like five <laughs> scenes in it that scared the shit out of me when I was a kid and I still find uncomfortable to watch today. And yeah, he bites into someone's skull, yeah. a bald skull, and blood squirts out. It's, really it's a scary. split second, but yeah. you see it. It's good. Very good. What was this rated? Is it? Is this a 15, 18? I think it's an 18. Right. I think. I don't know. I remember it being a 15. Oh, no. So you, you but it might, have, it might have changed rating. But, um, but also, they're the surf punks. Yes. Who stole comics from the Frog Brothers oh, in the film. They? So they're being punished oh, for their crimes. That's, that's... Yeah, it is Aerosmith, isn't it? It's, is it the Aerosmith? Run it, it's it's, it's yes. the duet. Yeah, it's not the solo one. It's the duet of Walk This Way. Yeah. And they shot the scene. They choreographed it to that song and before they had the rights. Ooh, and so oh. he's very relieved because he said when we were going around trying to get songs for this soundtrack, we ended up with a great soundtrack, but everyone was like, what are you making? <laughs> like this, It didn't sound good to bands. And yet they ended, up, they ended up with a soundtrack as iconic as the movie. Uh, so a few more rules, which is a little bit irritating. Um because Michael is trying to resist. I like the fact that during the killing the surf Nazi scene, or just after it, there's actual organ music. So like an homage to all your old Dracula stuff, like smashing those things together. He um, does tell Michael, though, that, that one of the bonuses of being a vampire is you'll never die. Yeah. That's not true. Oh, that's also not true. We're going we're yeah. gonna to find that out pretty soon. <laughs> They're always giving it all that, aren't they? And, yeah. And horrifically. You'll never die. <laughs> Unless it's really, really horrible. When, when, it, when it does happen. The worst. <laughs> <laughs> so, kids on bikes assemble. Uh, the kids storm the vampire hotel to kill them all. They don't know who the leader is, but you feel like Michael could just go, it's David, <laughs> because he seems like... I know it's uh, meant to, like confusers but he is their leader and you then maybe there needs to be a scene where michael's like i'm pretty sure it's him but uh he doesn't uh so then edgar he stakes marco this is really scary this is horrendous but it's just that weird smash of like i'm in the goonies and this is terrifying kind of thing which is fine 
but it's a, just a bit of a weird thing to watch as a grown up. It's good though. I, I quite like that because it does it does sort of it confuses because it's a horrible. I mean, even for a vampire, it's a horrible way to go. Imagine being asleep and then getting killed with it, mm. like a stake through the heart and waking up dying with nothing you can do about it, yeah. and then it's a bloody kid from the Goonies who's done it. <laughs> Uh, it's only a brief moment, but when they're on the way there, when Grandpa is confused when he sees them leaving, he is um, erecting big wooden stakes yeah. in the garden. Yeah. And I, at the end, Love I was it. like, I couldn't, because until, until the very, very last thing happens, I was like, well, if this is like the closet all over again, I'm going to be very disappointed. <laughs> there better be a massive wooden stake in this finale. And you've already seen it, but yep. you weren't paying attention. Yep. So yeah, finale time. Because the grown-ups don't believe them, like the Goonies, the, the kids are on their own. We've got this tooling up montage. Now, this is fun. I like this. So they've got holy water and they've got garlic. This film is very playful, even though it's also horrific. So there's no way I thought that that garlic bath would work because that's the joke, isn't it? Like you fill the bath, but the film has been messing with you. So... Paul falls in it and it's like, of course that doesn't work because that's just in the insert random vampire rule there or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when Paul falls in the bath and it totally kills him and melts him and dissolves him and then the whole house is running with blood, brilliant. Like, I think that's good. Um, you, you were mentioning though about them flying backwards out of the cave. Mm. Do you know why that happened? Because they had um, to shoot it going into the well, cave and well, yeah, play he, it in reverse. Yeah, exactly. He he forgot. Joel Schumacher, when he's editing the film, realised he'd forgot to shoot a scene of the vampires leaving the cave to attack, and so he used shots of the cave, shots of them sleeping that he'd previously shot, pulled it backwards, flying backwards. He said it doesn't make any sense no, for them to fly backwards, but. No one really questions it. No I one did. questioned it. I, I, I literally just did on this episode um, without that knowledge as well. And as he said, there's always a way out. He got away with it. <laughs> so, I suppose well, sometimes if you just say there's always a way out, people go, oh, yeah, it's fine. Shit, yeah. Because the, fil- <laughs> the film still got released. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It is fine. Yeah. Um, Flying backwards. Yeah, no, it's true. So, it's true. Death and by we, stereo. We get, have we had the full rendition of Thou shalt not <laughs> Mate, five times. Right. Yeah. Okay. But the full one. So it's like, I was like, when it really gets into it, Thou. I hate it. It's just a music video for that song, <laughs> effectively. Yeah. It's brilliant. No. I really like right. it. G- give me Tim Capello again. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Laddie turns. Oh, I fuck Laddie. I yeah. forgot about Laddie. Give Laddie some lines. Yeah. Let me have some sympathy, concern, anything for that that strange child. androgynous child. Yeah. Uh, because at the moment, it's like, Laddie, Laddie. And I'm like, what the fuck? Laddie yeah. hasn't said anything. Yeah. Uh, yes, I agree with you. It's just, he just, uh, they just turn just because. And then David and Mike, they find it out. And then Michael impales David on some, is it stag, I'm crap with animals, moose antlers, stag no, antlers. No, they're not moose antlers. You can't impale someone on moose antlers. They're all rounded. Okay. So yeah. What is it? Do we know? Yeah, probably a stag. Uh, is there a difference? <laughs> Between a moose and a stag. A stag's a deer and a moose is an entirely different animal. That's the only difference. I'm, no, I mean, I know, I know that. I just, um. Mm. Do you know that? Asking for a friend. <laughs> I'm asking for... So stags and mooses are different, yeah? Uh-huh. Meese? Moose? Stags aren't, stags, are, stags aren't a species. Stags. Mooses. Mooses. <laughs> Meese? Meese? Mice? Mice? <laughs> Stags and mice uh, are different. Uh, now, obviously. Um, are you sure, obviously? <laughs> in that Christmas film we've seen where someone puts antlers on a mouse. Scrooge! Yeah. So... Uh, let's just clarify. Yeah. A stag isn't uh, isn't a kind of animal. It's a, it's a male deer. 
Right, so, God, so, wow. Yeah, so yeah. it's a type of deer. It's a male deer, specifically. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Uh, and a moose is obviously a, a moose. What's an elk? Uh, an elk, that's a great question. <laughs> uh, an elk's another kind of species of animal. Right, okay. So separate. <laughs> he says, looking into the distance, hoping not to be quizzed on this. Yes. Anyway, doesn't matter, because as the audience and as Star and Michael are also thinking... Everything should go back to normal now because David is dead because uh, he's the head vampire. No, he's not. It's Max. <laughs> um, so played by Edward Herman. He's just so good because mm. Star is like, it's you. And he's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> just, mm. I love that little. Mm-hmm. But he's brilliant. Just in appearance, he looks like such a suburban dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's great casting. And then it does make you feel so sorry for Lucy. Yeah. He didn't want her at all. No. He wanted a mum for his kids. Is it clear that he didn't want her at all? He wanted a mum, but he wanted her as the mum. So you've got to take something from that, Lucy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, is it a bad I'm, so, I'm sorry, Lucy, this is all my fault. <laughs> she says to, he says to her, I'm sorry, Lucy, this is all my fault. My boys needed a mother. Mm. That's not saying I want you, <laughs> is it? It's almost the opposite. You could have had any mother. He's between he you. Me. You, Lucy, to be a vampire. And he seems like quite a wealthy man. He's got his own business. Doing all right. Doing got all some right. great threads. Got some great jackets. Nice house. She could do worse. Terrifying dog. She's currently living with her dad, just to remind her. But he does, date, he does date his employees, which is a big no-no a big these no-no. days. Yeah, we don't do that. I mean, I would have liked to have seen Max be a little more upset that his boys were dead. Yeah. Uh, he does sort of go, oh. David, Uh-oh. Gonna, gonna <laughs> impaled on moose antlers. He'll make new boys. He can make new boys. Exactly, because they're not his boys as in his they're son. Not his they're son, they're son. all over the place. Yeah. But then he would do. But it turns out Grandpa, who we have established driving stake pulse into the ground earlier, impales Max on this fence pulse, driving him into the fire... Um, brilliant. I just, I love that. I, I was, all, even though I've seen this like three or four times, I'm still always surprised that it's Max because like you said, they do a really good job of hiding that from you. Um, Echo and the bunny men not quite being the doors comes on again and that's it. We're out. Mm. Well, you do have Grandpa reveal that he knew all along that oh, there were yeah. vampires in town, Funny which line. is information that would have been useful yeah. Yeah. for his family. I wish you'd said, yeah, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have even moved here. He's um, so busy putting his Johnson inside the Widow Johnson. <laughs> if he just opened his eyes, he would see that his family's turning. He is stuffing animals throughout this movie. Ooh, <laughs> hello. Steady on. Hello. It's got late she's all of a, a sudden. She's a widow. She needs a laugh. <laughs> so there were, I mean, I haven't seen them, but there were two direct-to-video sequels. Uh, 2008, Lost Boys, Cole on the Tribe has got the two Corys in it and the 2010 Lost Boys the Thirst I, I think I watched the Tribe yeah um, at the time but then I watched Trailer of the Day and it didn't, it didn't make any it didn't, it didn't <laughs> I didn't remember any of it but I think I've seen it and Joel Schumacher had always wanted to do Lost Girls mm. uh, do gorgeous teenage biker chicks who are vampires it'll be great but they don't listen to me so Aww. I mean it's a good idea but it works because that's why David doesn't vanish, disappear, explode, die a horrific death on the moose antlers. And also why, you know, having a little bit of interest in the the, the vampire lore, which is clearly all over the place in this film. Yeah. But the fact that it does, the antlers at either side of his heart would be a reason to be able to bring him back. Oh, that's cute. Because it yeah. hasn't actually staked him through the heart. Cute. Through the, the, the lungs, which is still unpleasant. I mean, yeah, it's um, that's going to smart, you, isn't no, it? You kill a vampire. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Hart got my lungs. <laughs> so that's it. Uh, should we do the bits then? 
Yeah. Mm. Right. So, uh, Chris, what was your best scene? Oiled up saxophone, man. <laughs> no. No, I'm going maggots and worms. Okay. I just there's something about that scene that's just like nothing I've seen before, and it's very memorable. What about you? Maggots. I do. I honestly think it's one of the best lines in the movie. Where I think it's one of the Frog Brothers uh, goes, "All bloodsuckers die differently." When he's explaining that they could implode, explode, like, and I'm like, "That is what I'm here for." You set up this finale where you're going, "This is going to be fucking mm. disgusting," yeah, uh, and it isn't as disgusting as I'd like. But, but they do implode and explode, and they die way. in different ways. Yeah, and, and one of those deaths is actually my favourite scene. It's where no nook basically pushes the vampire into the holy water garlic bath and he melts. I'm like, that's why I'm here. Yeah. Uh, I like I like them dangling off the bridge in terms of like mashing together these themes of growing up. And I do like it when there's blood pouring out of all the plumbing in the house. That's so good. It's brilliant. It's like, it's like we did Evil Dead not that yeah, long ago. Yeah, it and looks like, exactly oh, like it. No. Uh, I just, but I do like when when they're like, it's Max. Da da. I just think that's a really good rug pull moment. I agree, but the maggots and the worms and the, they turn into noodles, turn into worms. <laughs> Come on, guys! Think about it. And the rice about turns it. into maggots. They look, they look like the thing they're turning into. You're oh, eating maggots, Michael. <laughs> right, think about it for a minute, guys. Yeah. That's what you'll be thinking about tonight in bed. That's so mm. true. Uh, who's your most valuable? Whatever, Alex. Uh, it's almost Corey Haim, who, as I said earlier, I think is absolutely brilliant as Sam. Uh, but it's it's Kiefer Sutherland because simply for the reason that every time someone goes the Lost Boys, bing, the first thing that appears in your head is Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. and so therefore he mm. is the most iconic, most memorable, best thing in the movie for me. What about you? Yeah, it is Kiefer Sutherland, but but I'm not going to say it because watching it on a cinema screen or half of it at least with you, Vicky. <laughs> It's, this is an incredible visual movie. And so Joel Schumacher, this is so much him. And unfortunately, he tipped over the edge when he did the Batman movies with this visual style. But here, this rock and roll, neon, whatever the fuck's going on, is beautiful. And I love it. Yeah, he's mine as well. But I also shout out to Diane Weist because... It, necessarily everyone else is very hammy and very brooding and that's all good you need all of it but just sort of as a palate cleanser to be anchored by this extremely talented Oscar winning like real touch of class actor mm-hmm. every time she's there you're like I wish there was more of you but it's it's just enough because it needs to be daft it is a very daft film but she's just another she feels like a different presence mm. so she's good mm. uh, 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 what would you change Alex? Uh, I think I might have said it on Monday, uh, talk about going early, but uh, you just simply cannot have a movie that bothers to have Max go, you're the man of the house, can I come in? I have to invite a vampire into your house. Have the rule about inviting vampires into your house and then have not one, not two, but three <laughs> vampires ah, 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 all come into the house in different ways through doors, windows, a fucking chimney. <laughs> and, like, and just people should be looking around going, who invited them in, though? Yeah. Like, so that, that, that took me out of the moment. Uh, what about you? I feel like they miss a trick by not killing a goodie. Oh. The, the evil Ed stuff, it, you need to, and I'm going to use a pun here, up the stakes nice. by having someone uh, expendable. Yeah, no one dies. It's, it's all faceless, nameless victims. Um, uh, alternative twist, 
make Widow Johnson the head vampire. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the film sets something up that it doesn't deliver on. So my change is, and I'm not for this in real life, but in the movies I am, you've got to have a dog fight. Nanook versus the Hound from Hell. Sure. <laughs> the fucking dogs are there and they don't go at each other. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, uh, absolutely not the last one. No. <laughs> don't, don't need to see that because one has to lose and uh, neither of them I want to lose. I will add to my change. Um, it is ever so slightly ridiculous that Michael can't tell the difference between wine and blood. <laughs> Uh, that to me feels quite, there's a quite obvious difference uh, in, in both couldn't texture. Te- no, it's all it's there because he couldn't tell. It, it, they weren't maggots or worms. Right. They were noodles. They were putting those thoughts in his brain. So they're putting the thought that wines taste like blood okay. or blood tastes like wine. All right, fine. I think it's fine. Okay, I know you're a big fan of that whole scene, so I'll leave it there. <laughs> so I've got two. So the obvious one is. Uh, Star is the head vampire. She was lying all along. <laughs> I didn't. Someone say they were really happy with Max being their head vampire. Yeah, I, all of us. We are. all are. All of us are. It's just a bit of fun, isn't it, Alex? We're not going to make the change. Just a bit of fun. The Widow Johnson, Star, anybody, yeah. Nanook. Because it is. She is so boring. Like this half vampire thing is so boring. I'd like the merry-go-round from the start to be the head <laughs> to vampire. But my real change is this makes it super Goonies, but fine, whatever. Because I think it's treading. It's some, it jumps between camp. So, you know, all the, at the beginning on the boardwalk, there's all the posters of the missing kids. But Laddie was a missing kid and Laddie is OK because he's half vampire, right? So at the end of the film, they go to a cave and all the kids are in there and they're all returned to their parents. And they, they fly back down into <laughs> Santa Carla going, Thou shalt not kill. Hello, Mom. And everyone's we really happy. We did not lie, die, die. We did not. Yeah. Is that Brilliant. the end of the new Thor? I think it's the end of the new Thor. Oh, is it? Oh, they, they can they can have that from me. <laughs> the only thing I remember from the new thought is how fun it is to have giant space riding goats. <laughs> uh, so that's it. We are done, and it's time for the verdict. <laughs> Great. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. Almost <laughs> <laughs> got her. Almost got her. <laughs> Almost. I took Almost. it to the next level. I gestured yeah. to her. And there you yeah, went. Yeah. It's time. You did. <laughs> like I saw her go. I'm like, must speak. <laughs> because he's looked at me and pointed at me and done a nice smile. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think I know which way one of you is voting. I don't know which way the other one is voting. So I'm going to ask Alex to vote first. Fine. Uh, so no nostalgia factor for me on either of these. I only watched The Lost Boys 10 years ago. Fright Night was a first watch for me. Fright Night does get a bit pedestrian at points. It is quite long. Lost Boys does a lot in one hour and 37 minutes. Lost Boys has Kiefer Sutherland being badass. Uh, Fright Night has Jerry Sex, who is a phenomenon. <laughs> Ultimately, though, and this is what it comes down to for me, Lost Boys Final Confrontation confrontation in the house is pretty meh compared to the grotesquerie and the horror and the visual effects on offer at the end of Fright Night and I was much more emotionally invested in the demise of Jerry than I was in the deaths of Motley Crue so therefore (laughs) I am voting for Fright Night Vicky. So I think both of them, they haven't, sorry, probably intentionally, they both jar a bit with the kids stuff and the older stuff, the older themes. 
But the Lost Boys, the when they do the world building of the community we're bothered about protecting. So you know, on in Friday night, it's like, oh, Jerry lives next door. But why is that a threat? You know, he goes to the nightclub and kills two people. It's like, is that the uh, is that what we're bothered about? That you're going to be unleashed because they do say at one point it'll be unleashed into the community. Whereas in Lost Boys, you understand what that community is. Um, Fright Night, because I love the burbs, has got quite a lot of that going on. But Charlie is awful. I can't cope with him. Like, I know he was written at that time, but I don't want him to survive. I don't want to see him going on an adventure. Then it kind of doesn't matter because Roddy McDowell kind of compensates for it. But then the lead vampire is called Jerry, and that's really weird. So I'm just going to do it on... I think The Lost Boys is better. Probably there's some nostalgia in there, but I think it's vision, it's cheekiness, it's like it's scope, the soundtrack, it's just better. So The Lost Boys... (sighs) Ooh, one each. One each, Chris. It often falls this way, doesn't it? Chris often has the deciding vote. I don't think he likes it like that. But go on. God. Some weeks I don't. No, that's, that's, that's just I don't, I don't love it this week um, because I do love both of these films. Mm. I adore them. And I see them as Fright Night being the Hammer Horror movie and Lost Boys being the MTV movie. Mm. And I'm a Hammer guy more than I am an MTV guy. I feel there's a buck coming. Mm, I do too. But mm, at the you. same time, watching them back to back, it looked to me like Fright Night was made by a solid director and The Lost Boys is made by an artist. Yeah. And for that reason, that is the movie movie here. And I fucking love it. So The Lost Boys takes it. Yeah. We have a winner and the winner is... The Lost Boys. Congratulations uh, to everyone involved in that movie. If you, like me, think Friday Night should have won. Oh, fucking livid, isn't it? No, it's it every I'm time. Not, I'm not angry. But I am angry. <laughs> uh, don't forget, you can tell us He how... normally does this with such joy, this bit. I know. And it's just resignation. Yeah. Uh, I just... He'd never seen fucking Fright Night a week ago. <laughs> I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> Honestly. A cult classic. Sure. Cult classic. I've loved it for years. Uh, right then, if you think we got it wrong, if you think we got it right on the show, don't forget you can have your say when the poll goes up on our Twitter. At ClashPod, let's look ahead now. Now that... Uh, the Lost Boys has taken the crown. Let's look ahead to next week. Just remind yeah. us of the clue you gave on Monday's episode for next week's all pairing. The, all the words. And take it take it slow. Sure. So, or as well, as in O-R-S, hmm. new word, W-E-L-L, or hmm. as well, hmm. the ends well, question mark. Okay. Now, would you like me to explain it to you? Please. <laughs> so, I, 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 can, should we guess? Should we say it for next week? All right, fine. Do you know what? What? Just tell us the movies and then we'll discuss the clue on, on Monday's episode. Yeah. Okay, unless I've got it really wrong. Chris so. and I had a meeting in the toilet. Right, okay, so are we not doing these films? No, we are doing these films. So the Signs, which is available on Disney and Amazon, hmm. and War of the World. It's just Signs. What? It's a film called Signs, not The Signs. I said Signs. Oh, you said The Signs. I don't think I did, but maybe I did. But anyway, I've got it written as Signs. It's Signs, yeah. But we, we, don't, need to, we don't need to argue at the end of the show. Let's, no, we're about to go to the No, pub. we don't, do we? So I uh, said Signs. Yeah, fine. You said Signs. I don't care. I just want to know what the other movie is, V. Is it not War of the World? No, it's The War of the World. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's The War of the Worlds, though. Oh, you're crying. I'm crying laughing. Sorry. Uh, Sharamalan versus Spielberg. 
Uh, lovely stuff. Uh, so that is our pairing for next week. Um, which came first? Signs. signs. Great. Lovely stuff. Uh, so on Monday, we're going to be talking the signs. And on Thursday, we'll be talking War of the World Worlds. Uh, which is a wonderful pairing. Thank you uh, very much for picking those V. Uh, like I said, back on Monday, talking signs. In the meantime, have a lovely, lovely uh, weekend. And bye bye. Clash of the Titles is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.